Your experience of life is not what happens, but how you name what happens. Your experience is the story that you tell yourself. You can't unring the bell, but you do decide what it means for your life. Don't collude with disempowering narratives. See from new perspectives and set yourself free. Greetings, everyone. This is Reverend Deborah Johnson, also known as Rev D. So happy to be sharing this time with you on my Change uh, What You See podcast. Change what you see. The reason why I named this podcast that is because our life experience is not about the things that actually happen to us. What creates our experience is our interpretation of it. What we see. The narrative that we give to the things that are going on. If you think about any of the healing modalities that are psychologically oriented, whether it's recovery programs or one-on-one therapy, it's all about rewriting the story. We can't go back to the past. We can't undo. We can't unring the bell. We just get to shift in our minds what we think uh, that it all means. Part of, I feel like, my whole reason and purpose for being alive is to help us remember who and what it is that we really are. You hear me say all the time, you're not a noun, you're a verb. You're a verb. You're you're not something that life is happening at or to. You're a space in the universe. You're a vibratory field. You're an energetic uh, uh, frequency that life is happening as you. Just let that soak in for a moment. Life is happening as you. I want to talk about today how we need to stop looking to get things from people that we think are going to fill us up. It's this existential dilemma that we have as human beings of feeling like there's something missing, some kind of little hole, some sort of void And it's a void that's only satisfied with our sense of connection to the whole, to the divine, to life itself, purpose. Some might call it God. But it can only come from there. Yet, we tend to chase after people, places, and things, feeling like if we can just get that, if we can just possess that, then somehow or another, we're going to be okay. And you know, one of the things that's kind of ironic about it is that not only can we not get whatever this is that we're trying to get 
from other people, places, and things, that we try to get it from some of the places where it should just be so obvious (laughs) that it's not there. (laughs) You know, for example, we're trying to experience unconditional love from some of the most judgmental people on the planet. We're, we're trying to experience unconditional love from people who fundamentally are judging and not only loving their, they're not loving their own selves. I remember years ago having a conversation with a woman who had been battered uh, by a very abusive husband. She was extremely wealthy, she said. They lived like in the Bel Air area of Los Angeles. She said that uh, they typically had 14 servants, you know, on the property at the time. And I never forget what she told me. She said she had to learn that she couldn't be angry with someone for not giving her what they didn't have to give. Let that sink in for a moment. That you can't be angry with somebody for not giving you what they don't have to give. I had a conversation recently with this 16-year-old that I mentor. And he was sharing with me some of his frustrations and woes about high school. Very, very mature young man. Far, far more mature than practically anybody in high school, you know, or even college for that matter. You know, some people just have a sage-like quality about them. And he was sharing his frustrations about the lack of reciprocity that he felt that he was getting from his friendships. That he was showing up as the non-judgmental sounding board and very encouraging to them. Um, and he was feeling hurt and frustrated, disappointed that it felt like in his greatest hours of need, they weren't giving that back to him. And I could tell by the conversation that he was feeling like they were withholding something. And he was frustrated that they weren't giving him more. And I said to him, there's a difference between won't and can't. There's a difference between won't and can't. I said, you are assuming that they have the capacity to reciprocate, that they have the capacity 
to meet you in the way that you meet them. And that for whatever reasons, they're just not doing it. That they are consciously or unconsciously choosing not to do it. And you're allowing yourself to feel hurt by what you perceive as that choice because you think that you deserve better. But most especially in your mind, you think that if they loved you more, that they would give you more. And he he had to concur that that was spot on as to how it was that he was feeling. And I had to break the news to him. I, I said, they can't. It isn't that they won't do it. They can't do it. They haven't developed that capacity yet. They don't know how. So in this conversation that I was having with him, the gist of it I'm having with you now, that there is this choice I was explaining to him that he has to make. Said he could continue down this path, feeling frustrated and angry and resentful, even betrayed for feeling like they were withholding something from him. I said, you can do that. I said, or you can stop expecting it from them. I'm not asking you to give up on being seen or being heard. You just have to be more open in your mind to where all that comes from. What I've learned is that, yes, we do receive what we give. That the universe has a reciprocity about it. But it isn't necessarily quid pro quo, this for that. Meaning, you can invest in this one thing over here. But it doesn't mean that your life dividends, so to speak, are going to come from that thing. You can care for and support your children, for example. But that doesn't mean that your children, particularly as children, are going to be there and available to support you. It doesn't mean that you won't get the support, but the support just isn't going to come back to you from the very place where you put it. We get stuck on this all the time. 
particularly in relationships, where we treat them like some kind of a bank account or investment portfolio. So much so that sometimes we get the feeling like we can just go into retirement. You know, where you just stop working and just keep reaping in the benefits from what you did before. And a lot of people do that in relationships. After a certain point, they just go into retirement. They stop working at it. They stop really being present. And they're just collecting what they think should be the dividends from all of the work that they had put into it before. No, it's not how life works. Life is more like your body temple. With your body temple, you have to take care of it all the time. Your body doesn't want to hear about what you ate last month or how you exercised for five years in a row. That should be enough. No. No, your body is like, what have you done for me lately. That's how life is. What have you done for me lately? We have this mistake in our Western thinking that mastery means that we can be exempt. We want to master things so that we don't have to do them anymore. But mastery is just the opposite. Mastery is when you have been so engaged that it's second nature to you. There's no way that you wouldn't do it. If you look at anybody, a musician, an artist, a spiritually, a monk, a monk doesn't get to the point where they go, well, you know, whew, I've meditated enough. I'm just going to cruise on here with the rest of my life. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've done it. No, no, they're, they're going to meditate every day. Every day. The ones who are the professionals, the masters, They aren't the ones who are exempting themselves. They are the ones who are doing it. And who are doing it all the time. It's not a quid pro quo universe. It's a place of circulation. It's always taking place. Think of it as that concept of like the pay it forward or the tithing, there's a circulation, an uh, abundance. It's like, where's the good going to come from? It's going to come from wherever it is now. Because matter is neither created nor destroyed. It only changes form. So it's all here. It's just circulating around. It's shifting its, its way of being. And life is going to do what life is going to do. 
So even if it's you, even if it's your own body temple, a lot of us get mad and we feel betrayed by our own bodies as they, whatever, naturally age or experience some kind of change. Well, you know what? Your vitality, your ability to feel alive inside, oh, that doesn't change, that doesn't shift. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering now a conversation with my father. This was right before he died. And I flew someone into Los Angeles uh, to say goodbye to him that he had grown very uh, close to. And in the last days of his life, he had become essentially like quadriplegic. He didn't have any use of his arms, his legs. Um, Actually, on his 90th birthday, I felt it was a little bit cruel myself, but he was given a gastro bypass so that he wasn't chewing or eating anymore. He was uh, being fed intravenously. Uh, his hearing was going, pretty much, you know, close to gone. Because he wasn't chewing, his mouth muscles had become very weak. So it became difficult to really understand what he was saying sometimes at the end. His voice was very uh, breathy and, and raspy. But this one particular conversation was very clear. Very, very clear. And I was standing next, I was sitting next to uh, this person. So he wasn't actually talking to me, but he was talking to her. And he said, you know, he said, I can't walk. And... I can't move my arms. That I can't eat. I can barely hear. And he went on, named all these things. And then he stopped and he said, But I'm happy. I, I get goosebumps even now thinking about it. And it was just 10 years ago, like a couple of weeks ago, it was 10 years of the anniversary of his passing. But I'll never forget that. I will never forget that. I'm not sure if I had ever heard 
him say that particular phrase. I'm happy. And I thought to myself, wow. Wow. Not only is it never too late, but that he wasn't searching for something out there. He, 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 he realized that someplace within himself that he had gained some kind of peace. I, I, <laughs> I can remember how angry and frustrated he was, um, particularly right before the gas, gastro bypass. He would aspirate. He would chew and then spit up like a little bit. And there's the danger of that going down into the lungs and like burning the lungs. And and I remember this one conversation where he was just so frustrated and he, he was yelling at my brother and me. He only had two kids. Um, My parents only had two kids. And he was wanting us to get him some chicken. He wanted some fried chicken. And we were like, Dad, you can't eat the chicken, you know, because you eat the chicken, you know, it's going to do this and that. And he was a pharmacist. Uh, He practiced pharmacy for 58 years. So physically, you know, he knew all the processes of the body and everything that was was going on. So we're like, Dad, if you eat this chicken, you know, it's go- it could kill you. And I remember he yelled at us, I'm dying anyway. Give me the goddamn chicken. And my brother and I looked at each other and we were like, well, he's got a point there. And we got him the chicken. We got him the chicken. (laughs) Because we could. And he couldn't. And we thought about all the different things that he'd done for us, you know, through our lives and that he deserved to go however it was that He deserved to go. You never know what happens in life. You you, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You you, you don't know how it's going to end up. But if you stop chasing after people, places, and things, and it could be as simple as a piece of fried chicken, And when you stop making that the reference and the focal point for your happiness, you'll find that life can be all right after all. (laughs) Pass this on to somebody that you know. (laughs) And just 
Set yourself free from the expectation that you have to get back from exactly where you put out. And know that by divine circulation, it'll come back to you. So think about that. Think about those places where you're really stuck on, where you think it's got to come back because of all you put into it. And just be open and see what happens. Life's a great journey. See you next time. Thank you for being with us. Check out my other podcast shows and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What's on your mind? Share it with me in the Ask Rev D section of my new website, RevDNow.com. Please join my contact list. I'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. See with new eyes.